Welcome to Surrey Economic Insights, where we sit down with some of the top city building and industry experts to unpack the latest business insights and opportunities affecting fast-growing cities like the city of Surrey in British Columbia, Canada. My name is Stephen Wu, the Manager of Economic Development with the city of Surrey. And today we're welcoming back Andy Yan onto this show to continue our discussion around regional migration of talent. He's the director of SFU City Program, and you'll likely heard him talk about urban issues and insights in place like the Vancouver Sun and the Globe and Mail. Welcome, Andy, and thanks for joining us again today to talk about the latest census release. Thank you so much, Stephen. So, you know, I, I don't think that the last census release that um, just came out a few days ago was a huge census release. I think we're all waiting for the November release. But the information that did come out was actually relatively interesting, especially as it pertains to Surrey. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that it's really one that focused in particular along age ranges of who's the deeper details of who is in Surrey, as well as the starts of what are folks living in Surrey. And I think that it's, it's pretty, I think, indicative about the talking about the kind of changes that have occurred in the city, as well as really the types of housing that I think are helping, I think, really make Surrey a place to go for, I think, many parts of the population. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just to kind of recap our listeners, you know, I, I think when we kind of did some really preliminary um, analysis of this work, some of these stats that we saw were the fact that 96% of the growth in early career workforce aged people is actually happening south of the Fraser. 78% of these early career workforce aged people are now in Surrey. And when you kind of take a look at the under 20-year-old population in Metro Vancouver, over 25% of that population now resides in Surrey. Does that surprise you? Or do you think this is just a continuation of the growth trend that we've seen for decades? Well, I think it's 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 both. I think one of those things that's not surprising because it was I think part of a trend that we've seen certainly over the last twenty years, and I think that you know for future analyses we'll be talking about that soon enough yeah. in future episodes. But yet, I think at the same time, I think that what what is I think it's not necessarily a surprise, but 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 I think in in one way talking about how region and regions and cities change that we 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 actually see this really I think thrive in terms of I think the kind of decisions people are making to really decide where where the where they really set their roots in and really how I think for a number of uh, for a variety of reasons the city of Surrey is one of those places in metropolitan Vancouver where there's a sizable and diverse population that's deciding that this is where they're going to set their roots and it's interesting here because you know it kind of makes sense that you know a lot of young people are living in the city of Surrey because their parents because of affordability wanting bigger homes are locating in Surrey and therefore the kids kind of move in with their parents. Like kids don't live alone. So they're, they're usually doing it with their parents. But you also see this trend that, you know, a lot of young professionals, young people who are trying to get into the market are actually making that decision as well. You know, we talked about this in the last episodes, you know, myself included, you know, I've been kind of deciding on, you know, where I want to live in the market and I've kind of fit myself into that category and, and have made that move as well. But, you know, the devil's advocate here is, is there's a lot of people who still think that, hey, you know, there's a lot of conversations now at the federal level with building more houses and, you know, um, there's more push, you know, across the region to increase, you know, more housing stock that that's going to reshift the balance within the region so that, you know, we're going to see a little bit more of a balanced growth dynamic. Do you see that realistically happening or do you see Surrey continuing to be the place where a lot of these young people will move towards? I think that it really is going to be not only the number of units, 
that's going to be built with any respective, you know, local, provincial, or federal program, but really what kinds of units mm. uh, we're talking about. I think that this is really going into the details, particularly even within this data release. I think that it's pretty uh, telling in terms of not only the story of really there's a very large amount of new housing stock coming online in the city of Surrey, but really what it is. And I think that for a place like the city of Surrey, I think this is something that I think, you know, starting with, I think the previous census was really how Surrey is actually a city of the missing middle, that we have, I think, a stock of housing that isn't necessarily single detached homes, neither are they high-rise condominiums, but then they're an in-between, an in-between through which people feel a sense of community. They feel a sense of an ability to kind of raise their families with children. I think through which, if you will, if you look at the, I guess, this census poll in itself, we're talking about 62% of the dwelling stock in the city of Surrey is in this kind of missing middle typology. That is, they run the range of being a duplex to a low-rise below five-story type of apartment building. And I think that in that type of band, you actually have, I think, the types of housing that young people feel like they can enter in, but yet also, they're also where young families feel that they can flourish in. So that I think that that, I think, inherently dealing with a population that is not only, say, growing up in a place like the city of Surrey, but then also moving in either nationally or internationally, that the affordability in terms of rental, but then also, of course, in terms of purchase is much more, I think, prevalent and open in a place like the city of Surrey as opposed to other places in the region. Yeah, because like, I guess, you know, you know, you talk about, you know, the stepping up and the laddering and the missing middle. And, and it's kind of really surprising because my aunt's trying to sell her downtown condo right now. And there was two buyers, mm-hmm. two very young people looking to kind of pool <laughs> in money and try to kind of take out a mortgage. And they weren't approved by the bank. And a lot of it was dealing with the fact that the interest rates have just gone up. Inflation mm-hmm. has kind of hit and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is there a point where you believe that young people are just going to be priced out of the region? Well, I think, see, this is where it gets complicated because in one way they already are, that for many, many, many young people, the fact that they require sources of wealth, whether it's generational wealth or wealth from abroad, that it all, I think, you need that kind of initial boost to kind of get on that property ladder. And I think that that's a challenge for some folks who may not have access to that type of wealth, that who may not have the bank of mom and dad to contribute into the acquisition of their first of their first property, much less I think the ability to kind of then build up in terms of you know starting out with a studio and one bedroom and then moving on up as your household grows over time. And I think that that's really one of the profound challenges that can be found throughout the region and also well increasingly across the country as you have not only the price of housing, but then it's also an income question. And really how there is this growing decoupling between housing prices and income. And I think that that's really then going into, I think, this larger calculus between housing cost as well as really the quality of jobs and what kind of jobs are available in a municipality like the city of Surrey. Yeah, because I think you bring a good point. Like there is definitely a very clear decoupling of income versus housing prices. Like, you know, we were just talking before the call. <laughs> 
you know, a few years ago, we were saying that, you know, a thousand dollars a square foot would probably buy you quite a luxurious place downtown, whereas that's probably considered quite affordable. And when you look at a city like Surrey, you know, I think most properties are trading around that $1,000 a square foot place. So with a lot of young people and, and, you know, we've had a few staff people, you know, within my team who are looking to enter the um, housing market, they're looking at these prices and saying, you know, it's such a huge risk. You know, what if like right. the market crashes, if the bubble crashes, right. will I still be able to afford these mortgages or am I going to be left with negative equity? Are these legitimate concerns or do you feel that the market is just going to correct itself and the salaries and the prices are just going to go up? Well, I think that that's, I think, part of the, if you will, trillion dollar question now in Canada that really how much can real estate prices go up independent of local incomes? And I think that that, I think, is going into, I think, some profound challenges in communities, not only in the place the place like Surrey, but then across the country. And I think that really it's 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 a challenge of our time that how do we have housing whether it be rental or because of course now the issue is not only home ownership but now rental that how do we attain that type of stability for young people to you know young people is defined as really well actually one one can almost say young people are now defined as under the age of 35 according to the UN but then let's say about it being in your 20s just having that ability to kind of just set that first that first step into housing security through which from that housing security, you can start building your career, much less starting to build businesses. And I think that that is a the trillion dollar question in the, in Canada because it's now I think coming to not only a kind of you know conversational distraction, but then a fundamental economic distortion that we're I think coping with because of really the kind of stresses that bring off in terms of social stresses, but then the economic uncertainty I think draws in a certain challenge in towards whether it's things like well um, innovation, much less the decision to have a first second or third child. And I think that that's really a aspect that uh, that cities across Canada are facing. But then I think the city of Surrey has kind of, I think, weathered a certain opportunity that, of course, ways to approach this is to not only deal with the cost of housing, but then the overall cost of living in metropolitan Vancouver. And one of the ways to really kind of consider this is really the role of transportation yes. and how access to mass public transit, affordable mass public transit, is a means of really kind of beginning to hem in the cost of living. But yet, I think, of course, there's still fundamentally the the issue of home ownership. Yeah. But I think that it's then going in and understanding that perhaps it's not necessarily home ownership that one needs to immediately jump into, but then a phase through which you from move from renter to owner. And so I think the, uh, the, the, the answer, I think, isn't I think immediate isn't direct because in one way it's it's all dependent upon your own personal kind of economic and financial well-being. And so I think it's really just Making sure that I think in a place like Surrey that that I think that it's given its size, given its kind of diversities in terms of housing choices is, I think, something that's remarkable to note. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I've started noticing is as companies are realizing that their staff are moving out into places like the city of Surrey because of affordability and they're beginning to realize that if they continue to relocate where their staff are not, they're just pushing a lot of these costs 
onto their uh, workers. You know, mm-hmm. if like you kind of look at a three-zone transit pass, the prices are going up. You know, it was 170 a few years ago. It's 100. I don't know what is it, 75 now. And yes, you know yes. these are costs that are you know being pushed on the um, the staff people, and if salaries aren't going up, cost of housing is going up. Something's going to have to give, and maybe there's a better solution where companies move closer to the workers right. as well. And we're starting to see this, and I right. think you know some companies. I think I was I was reading about the future of work. Some companies are kind of concerning this concept of hub cities, where they don't just kind of centralize yeah. in one location. Yeah. They're having them in multiple locations. And maybe that can that is part of the solution of kind of uh, quelling a lot of these social and economic challenges that we face today. Right, right, exactly. But yeah. but, but I think it's also I think <laughs> talking about the opportunities of the post COVID era yeah. is really the acceleration of technologies of work practices that actually are really much more conducive to this role of the hub city, of a constellation of locations as opposed to one singular central location. And that while that, well, there are certainly, I think, great advantages of having one central uh, location, there are also costs and really how that cost is bored by the employer or by the worker. Mm-hmm. And I think that really in terms of the shift in terms of really the balance of employer and employee and the fact that it's not only just say a handful of industries that used to allow you for that was concerned about, you know, what about talent? What yeah. about workforce that now it's exposed to a far greater diversity of industries across the economy that you'll see. I, I think this is the kind of pulse pandemic expected or unexpected mm-hmm. consequence of really now the shift is not only about the desirability of employers, but then also employees. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really coming out slowly in the census numbers that we really see the kind of location decisions of of prospective employees now coming out to a place like the city of Surrey to realize like, yes, indeed, I want a level of not only in terms of kind of home ownership, but then just an idea of housing security. Like this is a place where I can set my roots and not move every five years or so that in that reality, they're also much more selective about employees. And that in being a lot more picky about their employees, they're also deciding, well, I don't really want to travel this incredible distance as opposed to stay within a city, as, a, as opposed to stay within a certain location near, tra- near public transit. So I think that that's really part of the big shifts after the pandemic. Of course, like this census is entirely in one way uh, colored by the pandemic. But yet at the same time, I think it's also, I think, the kind of baseline of the kind of changes that we'll, we could perhaps see further that were already present before the pandemic, but now have been accelerated by uh, by it. Absolutely. And I guess the big question here is, as we kind of move forward out of this pandemic, when you kind of take a look at companies, do you see companies actually playing a greater role in housing? Do you see companies beginning to kind of do what they do in Asia, where they're actually subsidizing housing or buying like a um, housing complexes to kind of um, house their employees to kind of just make things a little bit more affordable? Or are we not quite there as a society yet? I think that certainly in the high end of the employment market, particularly with, I think, certain high-tech uh, high tech sectors that I think that you you hear some employers offering their kind of location bonuses, mm-hmm. but then how that shifts across the wage and income scale, I think, is, is something to observe that whether it just kind of means 
a well, good old-fashioned raise, that wages will be inevitably raised by employers just to be competitive, I think, is really something that you're seeing. I mean, it also, mind you, brings in other other complications in terms of, you know, the role of inflation and also the kind of discussions around really the, 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 the other costs. But yet, I think that it is going to be one of the kind of, if you will, ongoing uh, legacies of COVID in terms of what happens in the recovery is really a, a much more employee-centric kind of thought in terms of where they locate and then having businesses really connect up and really locating, having their location decisions shaped by where their employees are located. Absolutely. Because I mean, it, right now it really is not just about, when we talk about employees, it's not just about one employee. We're talking about an employee yeah. and their families, including- And their family. The, exactly. Yeah. And their families. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. so I, I think that's kind of the big crux of it is, is I think, you know, increasingly companies are realizing that they're part of this paradigm and they are part of the solution as well. And, you know, how did this shake out? Because- you know, we're happy to welcome all these young families in the city of Surrey. We're happy to welcome them. But I think increasingly, you know, as economic development here, we would love to work more closely with the private sector and companies to kind of see how they can kind of fit into this paradigm as well. Right. And then, and then, of course, it goes into other aspects of infrastructure. We certainly talked about the role of public transit, but then now we're talking about civic infrastructure, that mm-hmm. things, whether they be parks, when they, certainly schools. And we need I more of those schools. Of <laughs> and we need more of those schools. Yeah. We need to make sure that they're supported. We need to make sure that we talk about healthcare and really the kind of distribution of healthcare access, um, that it really becomes a total package, an investment in the kind of, if you will, it's, it's, it's really an investing in the frame of economic development, that it's really how you invest in framing the kind of possibilities for people that I, I, I always talk about how it's it's economic development can't necessarily pick the winners, mm-hmm. but it can certainly help determine the conditions of winning. Absolutely. And I think that in talking about the conditions of winning that we're shaping into, I think cities like the city of like Surrey, I think has made certain investments in terms of its civic infrastructure. And, and I think, of course, really touching upon the, I think, recently approved uh, regional transportation plan and, and their strategy, that I think that those those are very key investments in that conditions of winning that I think is really, I think, emblematic of what we've seen in the census, that we certainly see, I think, a, a comfort level in terms of people being wanting to raise their young families with children. That, and, and, and I mean, as a result, one in four residents in the city of Surrey are under the age of 19. You have the largest school district in British Columbia, even though you're, you're the second largest city in, in, in the province. And I think that that all wraps together, I think, to talk talk about the role of economic development and yet its kind of connection to other aspects of urban living. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Andy, for uh, spending the time to kind of talk to us about some of these um, census trends that just came out. And I think um, as we move forward, we'll probably have you back and kind of uh, unwrap some of the other kind of census topics as well. But, you know, I think, you know, we are at this kind of very pivotal moment, I think, in Canadian history, really, where Mm -hmm. we're actually seeing some very fundamental demographic shifts across the country. And, you know, I think when you kind of take a look at the young people coming to city of Surrey, this is kind of a trend that Mm -hmm. you do not see a lot of in Canada, where you see a very fast growing young population. I think most of the country is getting older and um, we need to kind of really figure out, you know, how we keep these young people happy. How do we kind of ensure that they are able to stay within our communities help us continue to grow our economic development 
and also raise their families as well as they you know move through life. And of course, one final data point yes. is really how, again, the city of Surrey actually has by median age has the second youngest median age in metropolitan Vancouver. That, uh, of course, a place like the University Endowment Lands in UBC certainly has a very young median uh, age of, I think it's something like 31. I just want to kind of quickly, I can't get Mm -hmm. to my chart, but then it's it's, it's a very, very young population, but then of course biased towards the university that's out there. But then uh, what's the second when it comes to after UBC is actually the city of Surrey. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really, I think, is indicative of that type of pattern that you've talked about, Stephen. Well, thanks again, Andy, and uh, for your time today. And thank you so much for our listeners for tuning into Surrey Economic Insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review. And don't forget to share this with others as well. Follow us on LinkedIn if you'd like to catch the next episode as soon as it's released. See you next time. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.